Hi, this is Dr. Rod Story. I'm joined again with Jenny Story here in Cross Politic. Hi, baby. Hey. Hey, she's glad to be, glad to have my wife next to me. We've we've done a couple of shows together here on Mirror Medicine uh, in the Cross Politic studio. It's a warm one today. Yeah, love it. It's getting hot. Summer's here. Summer's here, and uh, we're we're actually kind of weak on summer when it comes to the northern climate, so you folks that are sweating away while you're listening to this podcast, God bless you. <laughs> we're going to talk today about um, birth control. Um, you may be hearing as uh, in this post-Roe v. world uh, about birth control that, that, uh, that Justice Thomas opened the door for, for the lawyers that be and the, uh, and the Christians to come after your birth control. And we think it's actually worth having a conversation about, uh, is there actually a relationship between Roe v. Wade and birth control? Absolutely. So we're going to actually have a conversation very similar to the one that, that we had just uh, in our last poll uh, uh, podcast uh, on um, abortion and how it was a very personal story for us. I uh, hope you took time to listen to that. Uh, we, we, want, um, we recognize that God draws straight with crooked lines. Amen. We hear that frequently from our pastors. I'm thankful to hear grace in spite of ourselves, but to God's glory. Yes. So what are we going to talk about today? So today we are going to talk about why the stories stopped using birth control. Uh, so if you know the stories, you know that we are one of those 15 passenger van kind of families. Yep, it's a status and, symbol. Yeah, status symbol. Yep. Uh, it's actually our second one, and, and probably some of you that are listening have a few more in your family story than we even achieved, or maybe you've bumped <laughs> up to the uh, the new uh, fancier versions of it. But clearly, um, God blessed the Story family with a large number of kids. Did we start off that way? Absolutely not. No, we uh, we had no inclination, no desire to have a large family. Um, in fact, that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, in part how God um, used our learning about birth control, our experience with it as a young couple, to grow us up and to kind of come to grips with some things and then actually be open to something different. Yep. Yeah. So uh, what's the story, baby? Uh, 21 and 19, first baby on the way. Ah, yes. Yes. And, and if you listened to our last podcast, you heard that we started a, a, our, our marriage with a bit of a gunshot wedding. Right. Um, I needed to make it right and marry this lady and then quickly get ready for a baby that was on the way. Right. By the and, grace of God, Maddie Grace was born um, when I was just a couple weeks from 20, still 19 years old, and we were off to the races. Not very long after that. Megan. Two more, yes. Megan was born. <laughs> yep, and not long after that, Emma joined our family. How, how many months between those kids? Oh, man, I would have to do some quick calculations. I know that we had three children, three years old and under. Any, anyone out there listening that can uh, relate to that? Um, I think we discovered that marriage is amazingly fruitful and that that fruit is heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hard boy, work. Very early. Um, wow, overwhelmed. Especially as we were looking at going back to school, uh, we've, we've, we finished um, some years of, of kind of growing up and getting finances straight, and God gave us an opportunity to go back to school. That's when I started medical school again. And then we thought, okay, this is crazy. Right. We didn't know any large families. At, at three, um, having three children and living downtown Seattle in the university district, we already looked like a huge family. With just three little ones. Well, especially in Seattle, where most people have dogs and right. and uh, look at kids like they're like they're aliens. Right. This was even twenty five years ago. Yes. Yeah. 
interruptions so for backpacking and, and hanging out by the Pike Place Market. Right. Sometimes ladies would come up and ask me which nanny agency I worked for. <laughs> <laughs> you actually, I think, enjoyed I uh, the, the surprise look when you said no. They're mine. They're mine. <laughs> but we, uh, we were really overwhelmed. I mean, going yeah. back to school, no, um, we thought it's crazy enough to take kids through school, but how about crazier even yet to have kids while you're in the thick of medical school? Right. So no question to us, what do we do? Birth control. Yeah, birth control. Easy answer. Like, let's, just, yeah. let's just stop this for a while. It's a switch. Yep. Turn it off. Um, birth control pill. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I think by that time, we were like, we didn't get to have a honeymoon. Baby was <laughs> on the way. Uh, like, let's, let's enjoy um, being married without the worry of kids for a while. At least let's, that was certainly my thought. Let's bring some sanity to ah, the situation, sanity. Right? You know, sanity is, yeah. is hard to find when you're parenting young kids. Right. Um, so did you have any hesitations as you look back on that? Of taking the birth control? Yeah. None. Why? None. Didn't even hesitate. It's all I knew. Um, I had visited with our my family doctor, mm-hmm. uh, and he didn't have any hesitations. Um, and it, this it, was a Christian doctor. Yep, someone who cared for me from from young. Right. Yep. Just the time time of life to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. We you know we were low income to no income being students, so the birth control bill <laughs> negative was, income. Right. The birth control bill was actually free mm-hmm. for us. Um, it. It was, and it, did, did it wasn't the, even a pause. So in the conversation of, uh, and I'm, I mean, this is what, 25 years ago now. Right. Do you remember um, being warned at all or any cautions or? Not once. No, I mean, it's just like here, this right. is easy, take it. Right. This is the answer. Yeah. Easy yeah. enough. Right. And, and I think that that's a, that is a, still the common experience when I talk to, when I talk to women, um, oftentimes in my office, they're like, wait a sec. I've been taking this for years. You're the first doctor to raise questions. Why have I never heard yeah, of this Why have before? I never heard about this? So, right. you know, I mean, birth control, that would seem to be actually a really up and down experience for a young woman, 22, right. three kids. Right. What do you remember about it? A couple things that I remember um, is I wasn't great about taking it. And, yeah, busy mom. J- oh, you used to joke about it. You would be like, oh, three days. I think I'll take all three. And, uh um, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit. True. Yeah. Yes, I would. I would. I would skip three days um, unintentionally and then take three. And that's not that's not unusual. It's hard to remember to take a medicine. Yeah. And it's actually one of the arguments uh, that many doctors give for um, using implants or IUDs or other forms because it's taking, easy taking a daily pill. It's, it's hard to remember. Right. Right. I I also remember um, through that, and I don't remember how I learned about this, but learning that the the bleed through was actually fake. Mm. And that was probably my first uh, little itch of fake. What? Huh. So looking back now, I mean, as a doctor, we know that that really you're taking three weeks of active hormone. You stop for a week and you're having some sort of bleeding. And it's, it's been formulated that way so that women feel like they're having their cycles every 28 days or four weeks on, one week off. Right. Um, and, and the rest of the time, they don't realize it's actually not a normal period. It's just a, it's just a, um, a breakthrough bleed is maybe a better way to say it. Right. I, I knew nothing about it. No, I mean, yeah. but, but just to, hey, trying to mimic what feels normal perhaps. Mm-hmm. And that um, this is just w- what we did. Well, I think we, we honestly thought, okay, we're overwhelmed. Right. We're crazy fertile. Uh, we, of course, don't want to 
uh, abstain from each other except for prayer, as as Paul, <laughs> as we joke about Paul saying. Yes. Um, and and uh, we got to get through med school. We we can't be having babies. It's that's right. nutty. Um, it's uh, it's it's surprising as we look back and, and we can't help but remember how little we actually stop to say. Is this is this okay? Is there anything we should be aware of? Are are there side effects? Are there consequences to this? Uh, it was just a switch, right? Just a switch to turn on, turn off. And I think, in all fairness, we were trying to be wise mm. in our in our own eyes. Sure. We we were trying to take care of the children that we had, get you through med school, and we we're just trying to be wise. Well, and if you're not um, in a circle where you're encouraged to consider pregnancy as a good thing. Or, um, but more, uh, oh, you know, I'm. Uh, are you sure you're ready for the next one? Kind of a conversation, maybe behind scenes. You really need a whole circle, a church, people leaning into you and saying, "You can do this. Yeah. This is hard." Um, and we just, you know, I mean, that's that's unusual to find. Um, and and I'm, I think anyone in, in most people's lives would say, "Oh, hey, we understand right. uh, why you're doing this." Well, you know, I th- we look back now, and we remember kind of almost just rolling through life. I think you took the birth control for about three years because that's our biggest gap in kids. Two, yep, yeah. two years. Two years, <laughs> oh. there was one year of being pregnant. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, there you go. I did take it for two years. Okay. Right. Um, I forget how time works sometimes. <laughs> um, and, and it was partway through that time that you and I found ourselves reading some material that, that kind of caught our attention. I think it was uh, if you uh, if you're a Northwest native, you may have heard of a guy who's an author in the in Oregon named Randy Alcorn. Uh, Randy Alcorn is an unusual fellow. He's a pastor, but he was also an anti-abortion protester in the 1980s. Actually, got uh, a big fine or big injunction leveled against him and uh, uh, his abortion group that was the anti-abortion group. Uh, by Planned Parenthood, they won rights to all his owner ownings and all of his. Th- uh, income. I mean, right. so this is a guy who, who, who has some things to say. He's kind of put his life on the line. He wrote a, he wrote a book, small one. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we're going like to actually, a pamphlet. yeah, we're going to include a link on it, but it, it caught our attention. Do you remember what the name of that was? I don't. What was it? It was, um, just something simple question. Does birth control cause abortions? Okay. I remember. I can even picture it now. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, honestly, you can, you can download the book for free because this gentleman has shared, he basically went and asked the question um, because he was wondering about it. He had heard inklings. He had talked to a bunch of Christian OBGYNs and family docs, and they said, no, no, it really doesn't. And then he began to look at the package inserts on these birth control medicines, and they said very clearly, these have three different modes of action. They are meant to stop ovulation by hormone feedback. They're meant to change the cervical mucus so that sperm doesn't go into the uterus quite as easily. But third, they also block the implantation of a fertilized egg. There you go. It was in the package insert. So you're not, when you talk about package insert, break that down a little bit. What's a package insert? Sure, the FDA requires that all medications include a little tiny folded up fine print thing that talks about risks, benefits, how should you take this medicine, what are some considerations, are there any black box warnings, Oh, and by the way, how is, what's its mode of action? Right. And you really, I mean, these are the things that you fold out and you're like, how did they squeeze 
so many clowns into one car. (laughs) It's kind of that. It's folded a million times over. You really have to go looking for it. It's kind of a throwaway thing, but it's it's by requirement attached to every bottle or box of medication in the United States. So you can go find these things. It's still included in mm-hmm. birth control, mm-hmm. uh, whether hormonal or otherwise, um, and, it, and it uses those terms. Or you can, as many people do, Google it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll include a couple links at the end of our talk here. If you want to go, just read drugs.com, and they will list those ver- three very ways that these medications prevent pregnancy, or at least what they would say would be uh, preventing pregnancy. So, so Randy Elkhorn wrote this book, we read it. He goes into depth on how the pharmaceutical companies know this. And it's at the time, there was a drug reference that every physician had on their desk is this giant tome, how it was written in that giant desk reflex, ref, uh, reference Friends. over and over and over again. And, and he, he showed that to these Christian colleagues and said, but isn't that an abortion mm-hmm. blocking in, uh, an implanted egg from, uh, from a fertilized egg from... Um, implantation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we read that, uh, and, and we'll go into a greater depth on that in a follow-up uh, podcast here, but, but boy, I mean, when you, if you're a, a faithful believer, you know that life begins at the point of conception. That's a, I mean, you fertilized egg is a euphemism for a unique human creation, individual, completely different DNA from its mother and from its father, um, looking for an uh, and hoping to be in the home of its mother's uterus, which is wonderfully created for that purpose of, of nurturing that new human into a baby. And so what, what's the, the, the mechanism that the birth control pill uses? Why um, Explain that in layman's terms. I'm going to go into that again, a little more depth on a, on a follow-up conversation. We're I'm going to take a, take, a, take a deep dive. Yeah. But basically it makes the lining of the uterus an unfriendly place. It is a thin, not uh, not rich environment for that new baby to land, and basically that means that in uh, the potential is there that that child, newly formed, fertilized from mom and, f- and dad, is then can't find a safe home and basically is passed. We would call that a miscarriage because it's involving a medicine. It's not a a, uh, a miscarriage like one that happens because there's something wrong with the baby or Naturally. the mother's body is not right. handling this pregnancy, but one that actually is caused. A caused miscarriage is another word for an abortion. Right. So as our pastor, uh, Toby Sumter, just said last week, uh, you're basically killing the child in its own home. Yeah, that's and, and we know that now. When we look back on when we read this pamphlet, I mean, it, it hit us like a brick. So how did it hit you? Um, oh, I remember you and I were sitting in bed. We were reading this, and I, and I said, hey, babe, you need to listen to this. Yeah. Uh, if this is true, this is life-altering, ground-shaking, we can't keep going the same direction kind of thing. And how did that make you feel? Oh, you know, honestly, um, I remember first just being like, did we um, potentially cause an abortion of our own child. We, I mean, right. that, it's a little shocking to think about. And these would be so small that we would have never known about it. But the potential. Right. And it's just earth-shattering. And to think, oh, hey, if we went on for years and years and decades and decades, then the probability, the likelihood just kept increasing. Yes. Um, a good chance. Right. That, that's to know that we, we, we need to own the responsibility for anything we put in our body 
and the effects of it, um, it, it's it's shocking to me. I think also, oh, I think you had this this reflection to me, anger. I was I was angry. Um, I was angry that I'd never heard about this before. Yeah, never. That um, that I'd even talked to our family doctor about it, and it there was no concern. There was nothing brought up. And at that time, you were just beginning medical school, so it's not no, like... No, we didn't you, have reason to know. You didn't have medical knowledge or medical background or even the skills, um, you know, to decipher these kinds of things. But we didn't know. Didn't know. You know, and I think I remember you were playing, re- relying to me. My, I asked my doctor about this. Yeah, I did. There, I mean, you had a little inkling about it, and you and and. And he said, oh, it's pretty, it's pretty widely accepted, even among Christian doctors, that this really isn't a circumstance. Right. Um, even, even if it happens, it's very rare. Right. I mean, that's kind of the caveat. Um, yep. Uh, and, and he was a godly man. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, but we own. Right. This is our responsibility. Yeah, our responsibility to know. And so um, I, I think even more <laughs> what, after the sadness and the anger that we, that we went through, um, was just frustration. Right. We were frustrated. Oh, my word. I mean, to, to, to realize, okay, the whole reason we, we went for this, because we thought, easy enough, right. turn it off during these years, and then maybe uh, if we're in a better spot financially, maybe if we're, we're done with all the craziness of going to, to graduate school, we want to have another kid or two maybe, <laughs> uh, then let's turn it back on then. Right. Um, but easy answer, we can we can put that whole part of our of our uh, marriage on the shelf. And I think you're going to talk about this more in another uh, podcast, but we definitely had the view of that this was a switch on off, yeah. on off, on off at, at our discretion. We were the ones controlling it. Sure. And at any time, yeah. you know, you know, Hey, I think on it's, it's March and I think we want to have a baby in May. So right. here we go. Uh, yeah. you know, just stop and magic would turn back on. Right. Um, we really have a very simplistic without thinking what else is this doing right um but but i think <laughs> we really then landed in we have three kids and i don't think we want any more uh um um what do we do um uh i, I think you were concerned like man three kids back back to back my body's changing is this even healthy so there you're talking about a heart issue oh uh, yes yeah, we're we're talking about my heart. Oh, and mine too. You know, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, you know, is my wife going to start wearing moo moos? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm I'm saying something very silly, but but husbands um, can get foolish in their in their selfishness. Um, yeah. And you're a beautiful lady, but but you can get um, wistful for the uh, the non pregnant body, yeah. and and start to even despise the changes that, that are beautiful and that we now realize are, are so glorious. Amen. Um, but, but you can become, you can begin to despise and think, oh, well, just easy enough, shut it off. Right. And we were frustrated. Uh, yeah. Frustrated with what do we do? Because we realized there's two big implications. Right. <laughs> Here come more babies. Yes. Uh, and and that, that was really a, an eye-opening thing for us. Like, oh, scramble, what else do we do? But I also, I, yeah, go ahead. Know, I just being really vulnerable here. Um, I, that is definitely part of our story. That was part of our thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh no, what are we going to do? I wish it would have been a different thought. I wish it would have been, here we go. Hang on tight. Hard work. 
lean into it. Yeah. Now I can say that looking back, and by the grace of God, that's how um, he has written our story later on, and I'm able to encourage our own daughters in that. Yes. But that wasn't my thinking then. No. We had, a, we had even more growing up to do, and yes. I'm thankful for God's grace in doing that and using this hard circumstance, which is this is a good father, right? He gives right. us hard work, and through that, we learn to depend on him. Yep. The other implication is I'm in medical school now. Yes. Medicine thinks no big deal. These are an essential part of women's health. And it's not like you were going to be a nephrologist. You were going to be a family doctor. Oh, and I'm thinking, how am I going to have this conversation? Am I, am I going to get kicked out of family medicine? Because I've just realized, not only as a couple, can, I, can we not take this medicine anymore because of the potential side effect of miscarrying a child. Right. But Aborting a child. Yeah, aborting a child. But on top of that, I, have, I was growing up to realize I have a responsibility for the meds that I prescribe to women responsibility to make sure that they understand, but also uh, actions that I take have consequences. And if those consequences, if I know that they have a likelihood of injuring a child, we have in medicine this old adage, and I keep coming back to it because I think we've forgotten in modern medicine that one of the very first things, like we don't cross this line, um, we're forgetting, is first do no harm. Uh, I... I cannot knowingly give something that, that caused harm. If you look back on Hippocrates, you see Hippocrates knew, this is, a, this is a Greek physician, we considered him the father of modern medicine. He wrote into his first oath, I will not give a woman a medicine that would cause an abortion. Can you imagine that being said now? No, it's removed from almost all oaths. Right. Uh, there's very few that take it. Um, we offer a second oath to our Christian brothers who are coming through medical school as they stand before their family and church. Yep. Um, to take a deeper, better, stronger oath, uh, and includes that prohibition right. because there are things that should not be in medicine. But we've we've said, oh, it's okay if this occasionally happens, because there's so much good that comes from not having kids and giving women power to own and manage their 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 fertility. Uh, we really we really get pretty nutty on it, uh, but we we miss that first premium no no sere, the first do no harm. Um, so here I am <laughs> going to medical school and even knowing I'm going to be a family doc and deciding what do we do with, uh, becoming on, uh, what did we go from there, baby? So, uh, pregnant with baby number five. That happened pretty quick. <laughs> it did happen pretty quick. <laughs> and, uh, marvelously we, so we scheduled a vasectomy mm-hmm. because we, um, we prayed about it. We asked for wisdom um, we do not believe that all forms of family planning are sinful. No, we do no, not. No, basically anything that, that uh, and yeah. this is where we differ from our Catholic. Right. Uh, 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 I say sometimes brothers because I do meet some believing Catholics. Yes. Uh, that 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 many of them uh, would say that there's absolutely a prohibitive wrong from ever. Uh, preventing um, sperm and egg from coming together. Right. And they would go as far as uh, long periods of abstinence right. to avoid that, which I would take as a wrong as well. Uh, scripture very clearly says we should not... Are they fasting and praying here, that Yeah, keep, keep ourselves from each other. Right. And I, and I think you have to really jump over that to go to the other end of the spectrum. Right. But there are things like uh, barrier methods, um, which don't 
injure a child and don't um, remove a life. Sperm and egg are not the same as a uh, new baby that's that comes from those sperm and egg coming together. Right. That is a soul. That is a unique human being. When they're separate from each other, we're not we're not injuring souls. Um, and so we, for us, we thought, okay, <laughs> this is getting nutty. We need to do something more permanent. Um, and and I, and I would say that we still didn't have a right mindset. This is where principles matter. Methods vary. Right. I think we were stuck on the principle. Yes. The principle that children are a blessing. And you had that vasectomy scheduled, and we actually uh, had to reschedule it twice. Uh, funny things. I mean, one day yes. I took an aspirin, and, and they said, oh, can't do that. Right. And another time, there was just some sort of schedule snafu. And so the third time, well, that's the charm, right? Right. Third time, um, our oldest child at that time was old enough um, to ask us some questions. And she had heard us talking about dad going in for this procedure. And she, rare quiet evening that we were having one night, she looked at us and with tears in her eyes, she said, but mom, dad, you say that we're blessings. You don't want any more blessings. And at that moment, that was the Lord speaking into our mm. lives. Well, and we share this because it was a moment um, that God faithfully, quietly, probably like uh, uh, Samuel being called uh, uh, to, to come follow him, uh, just these quiet moments where we knew, okay, this is, this is obvious, uh, God speaking and using uh, um, his, his words spoken through a child, right. repeated to us um, to help us say, we are wrong the direction we're going. And my attitude was sinful. Yeah. It what was, was our wrong. attitude? Um, my attitude was like what we've said a couple times of, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. Or, or how can we manage this? Or we're so overwhelmed. Well, I think our, our, our opinion really was, you know, this is, hey, this is nice having kids, but uh, one too many, Lord. And, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we, we did not fully grasp the uh, moment, uh, the, the immenseness of the blessing no. that child rearing is. It's, it, I, I, I had a friend a while ago say, uh, only in America do we forgo a blessing, uh, do everything possible to avoid having children, and embrace a curse, yeah. which is... Right. Debt, taxes. I mean, in America, we're like, hey, yeah, give us more, give us more. And right. the Bible says clearly, that's a curse. And we, we're forgoing one of the greatest blessings. So for us at that time, and, and, and we share this, not as, a, as an absolute right or wrong, or everyone is called to this, although the opposite is true, marriage is for fruit. Amen. Marriage is for generations. Marriage should be considered not lightly as a, as a childish circumstance, but should be considered, we're going in this, and, and Lord willing, we will embrace the blessings that God brings our way right. through this. Right. Uh, we did not. We were not at, at that point until that point. Right. So spoiler alert. I'm going to jump ahead a bit here. <laughs> um, we, I did end up having my tubes tied um, after child number nine. Yes. <laughs> a child number eight and number nine were difficult pregnancies, uh, difficult labors, difficult uh, deliveries, and then child number nine was a very difficult labor. Yeah, almost didn't come. Yep. You had some um, um, problems, and they said, this is actually a health threat now. Yes. Um, and and we, we were in a so different circumstance. We were. Like, we had now had four more children yep. who we had 
uh, God has kind, kindly given us grace yes. over our <laughs> the first five that we were like, oh, Lord, another one? Yes. To the point of, wow. What a blessing. <laughs> what a blessing. Yes. Um, fruit, heavy fruit is, is hard but good. Yes, it is. And, 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 and so we did arrive at that point where we realized, okay, as a health, uh, this is another way that we think um, is not ethically wrong. Right. Because you're not ending the life of a child. Um, and we and we made that decision at that moment. Uh, I made that decision. Yes. Uh, and got out of a having a vasectomy, but there's some pluses to that too. Oh but man! I know. Uh, thanks for thanks for taking one for the team, baby. Um, <laughs> we, we we ultimately um, kind of realized, uh, you know, as we look back now, mar- married 27 years, um, and and you've heard the story of us starting off rough. If you listened to our last podcast about abortion and how we came so close, mm-hmm. and yet God. Um, spoke truth into our lives through your your doctor at that time, through a nurse. Right. You're going to have a beautiful baby. Went on to have nine more as God broke us, mm-hmm. made us realize we can't do this on our own. We need family. We need church. We need prayer. We need God's spirit more than anything um, to en- enable us to do right and to be a blessing to our family. So we're, you know, as we, as we, as we kind of pull this full circle, as we, as we share this story with you, we want to kind of share with you some things that we would urge you first off, don't miss the big picture, what we would call the principles. Right. Principles versus methods. Right? Yeah. How would, how does that break down for you? Like, give me an example that's not related to birth control. Sure. Oh, there's so many, especially in child rearing. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a principle of feeding your children uh-huh. would be that we will feed and nourish our children, mm-hmm. our babies. A method would be bottle feeding, breastfeeding. Yes. Um, sure. Uh, that, that another principle is it's uh, a father's job to to be involved in educating his children. Right. Now, that may mean that uh, you homeschool your children. It may mean you choose the, the classical school down the way. Not I mean, public school. <laughs> yes. I think there's some options that probably are best to avoid, <laughs> uh, especially uh, uh uh, as our as our culture is hitting the skids, yeah. Um, so that's the that that would be the the big picture of principles. Yeah, versus that's methods. the principle versus right. the the method that that God gives you culturally, historically, fit to your to your um, how you're built and what He's called you to and what He's gifted you to. And those are the methods that that you might use. But here we're talking about a method of. I, I think the principle here is being a good steward. And we are called to be good stewards. The Bible's full of conversations about a father's role in uh, that, is, that he's worse than an infidel if he doesn't take care of his family, mm-hmm. uh, that a, a father uh, should leave an inheritance to his children, that a father is to, to be faithful in walking. Like, I think there's a whole lot of conversation in Scripture, if you're paying attention, to a father and a mother faithfully leaning in and saying, God's going to bring the fruit. I need to be a good farmer. Yep. Um, but the principle here is we do not take life. Right. Uh, it's a line in the sand, well, maybe even more firm. It's, it's a do not go. It's a cavern that, that changes us, that makes us different. Our, uh, pastor Toby, our pastor, has been, been sharing about this, and you heard a little bit about a sermon recently. I encourage you to uh, go looking for King's Cross uh, through Christ Church. Um, here in Moscow, and, and listen to some of the sermons that he's had in Leviticus. We are to be different than our pagan neighbors who don't value life at the beginning. Right. Um, and, and we're not to embrace the things of our world, no matter if we think, oh, in principle, that's being a good steward. 
But our world says, mom, you need to take care of your body. Uh. And I don't mean life and death. I mean, you, you need downtime. Yes. You need to make sure that your body at 35 is like it was at 19. That's a lie. It is a lie. And it also says that, you, you know, to have sexy time, you need to be able to occasionally do it without any fear of having children. I'm using right. scare quotes here. Right. That's a lie. It is a lie. Uh, that, that children are interruption, that they're a, a financial drain. I mean, there's, if we made a list, we'd probably use the second side of the paper for the things that our culture is saying that ring in our ears and are so easy that if we're not in the Word, if we're not in Scripture, if we're not in a circle of churches, if we're not having pastors and elders speaking truth to us, so easy to start incorporating that. So I think to 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 bring this back to birth control pill. Yes. And which this podcast topic has been on. When we say that hormonal birth control pill causes abortions. Mm-hmm. It has consequences. It does have consequences. It has consequences to how we live our lives as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ. And that's what we're talking about. It's made me a strange doctor. I, I still have uh, people who say I'm a bigot just on the basis of not supporting women's health right. by being willing to prescribe uh, hormonal birth control for contraception. Um, and and it's amazing. It, it is a trigger, even more in this post-Roe v. world where we're hearing, oh, they're going to come after your contraception. Well, let's have a conversation about this because right. it is not a hidden fact. Go look at those package inserts. Go on the Internet. It is a known, real circumstance that birth control, hormonal birth control, uh, um, causes causes miscarriages, causes when we would call that an abortion if you are taking an active role. You know, if you're also hearing this, uh, and, and doctors, um, I'm going to lean into you. If you are prescribing these, give consideration that you are morally responsible for actions that occur from the medications you prescribe. We are not morally neutral in our, in our transactions. It's not just like, oh, this is uh, vitamins that we're giving out to you. Look at this, study it, come to grips with if, this, if my words are true. Don't take me on word. But, but I would love to have a conversation among Christian physicians. who uh, and, and I think there's much more than just uh, abortifactin effect that we should be considering with these. And I'll, again, uh, encourage you to listen in to next week when we talk further about it. But at the end of the day, one other area that I'd like to leave you, we expressed some of those emotions that we had when we had to smack us in the face. Yeah. What were those emotions again? Grief. Yeah. Sadness. Um, it brought us to repentance. Yeah. Repentance is to to take an honest look at you, basically to agree with what you say, see as truth, and then to apply it um, and to turn and go the other direction. I mean, it's, it's, it's a brutal honesty all the way through, mm-hmm. and it's an action that says, no more, I'm, I'm going the other direction. But we know that true repentance only becomes because we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Yes. And we only receive true grace, which is where this ends. It begins and it ends in a conversation that God covers over a multitude of sins. And he does that through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus. And we know that even those things that we did that were not intentional, Mm -hmm. that we now recognize going back, oh, man, (laughs) 
maybe you're a couple out there that's been taking birth control your whole your whole marriage. Maybe you uh, have the had the um, the the uh, conversation with your spouse that that you decided uh, having kids it's foolish. The world's ending. Uh, there's a lot of reasons people give for not having kids. Um, we need to have our career. We need to get finances straight. You know, if if you are grieved over th- those thoughts that you had, bring them to the cross. Receive grace and mercy in your time of need, and then repent and and uh, and then embrace this good gift. This what do we what do our pastors call it? Heavy fruit. Heavy fruit. Heavy fruit. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we encourage you to lean in and have conversations about this with your spouses, with your pastors. Uh, be well informed. Don't be passive as you interact with medicine and the culture around you. Father, we give you praise. Thank you through your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.